I see through the lies of the Jedi. I should have known the Jedi were plotting to take over. Anakin, Chancellor Palpatine is evil. From my point of view, the Jedi are evil. Well, then you are lost. And they use the same tricks that have been used on the public for hundreds, maybe thousands of years. They know exactly how to mold us, how to move us along, how to pit us against one another. It's all about strategy. It's all about psychology and reverse psychology. If you're not with me, then you're my enemy. Only a Sith deals in absolutes, absolutes. Welcome to A Conspiracy in the Force, the show where we examine parallel conspiracies in a galaxy far, far away, in a galaxy not so far away. The show is designed as an introduction to modern day conspiracy theories by using Star Wars, one of the most beloved fictional universes, as a point of reference. Let's begin. Hey, Conspiracy Kyle here. If you like this podcast, please rate, subscribe, and review wherever you listen to podcasts. It greatly helps out the show, and it's much appreciated. Also, please follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Conspiracy underscore Kyle, and that's Conspiracy with a K. Also, follow me on YouTube at Conspiracy Kyle, once again, with a K. And also, now you can find me on the Rockfin Network at rockfin.com with new exclusive content. Now on to the show. This episode is titled, The Right vs. Left Paradigm, featuring Odd Man Out, from the Odd Cast featuring Odd Man Out. Alright, welcome to another episode of Conspiracy in the Force. My name is Conspiracy Kyle, and today I am joined by Mr. Odd Man Out from the Odd Cast. How are you doing this evening, sir? I'm doing great, man. How about yourself? I am doing, I'm doing just splendid, and you know, I, I was really, really excited to have you on because, um, you talk about a lot of, well, pretty serious stuff, you know, on your podcast and uh, in the Twitter world. And uh, it, it's very, it's polarizing in, in a certain way. And I think some people probably get, get, get triggered by it in, in one way or another. But it, um, before yeah. we get into that, if, if you could tell everybody a little bit about yourself, your podcast, you know, some of the reading research that you're into. Yeah, man, I, um, my name is The Odd Man Out. I have a podcast called The Oddcast featuring The Odd Man Out. And uh, I just like to talk, you know, I, I talk a lot about the New World Order and that there's many aspects to that, of course. And I'll talk about the, uh, the NGOs, but I'll also talk about uh, the secret societies, which have a big part in it as well. And I also like to just talk about good old fashioned left-right politics. And, uh, <laughs> um, and of course we're inundated with, you know, political uh, propaganda, and so I like to get into propaganda techniques and psychological warfare and stuff like that too. So uh, lately, I've just been uh, kind of focusing more on the secret societies side of it, and um, just got done with a uh, an episode that I'm going to put out with. Uh, it's about a Michael Aquino and the Temple of Set, and a few people have probably heard about that. So I tried to go a little bit deeper than some of the podcasts I've heard talk about it. So I think people will kind of hopefully like it yeah no that that's interesting um actually i the michael michael aquino there's kind of a very a very loose uh, star wars tie-in with him so um you know isaac weishaupt wrote a book a few years ago called the star wars conspiracy where he talks about you know different occult elements in the in the star wars universe and in uh in california this is probably 20 years ago or so the lucasfilm headquarters was at the presidio in san francisco which I think used to have some involvement with Michael Aquino back in the day. Um, yeah, I'm trying. Yeah. I'm trying to remember how that worked. There was like a, there was a daycare there. I think there may have been an army hospital or something. But there was a lot of a lot of ties he had, and a lot of you know people wondering what he was really up to. So uh, I'll be interested to, to to hear that episode. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he was. Um, yeah, there was a big to do about uh, really pedophilia, and uh, some of the kids in that daycare were um, you know being abused. And it finally came out, and uh, there was a couple that were friends with Aquino, and um, 
Well, it kind of led back to him. They took the kids. I think the way they kind of brought him into it is the kids, they took them down the road because they said that this, these, these people took them to a house nearby the Presidio, the daycare. And uh, so the kids pointed at Michael Aquino's house and said it was that house. And so they got a search warrant, went in. And uh, some of the things inside the house were just as the kids said they were. But, uh, you know, he had spent an entire military career, um, very well decorated. His whole adult life was that, even while he was in the, you know, the Church of Satan and then later the Temple of Set. So um, he had done so much that I think the military really did try to stick by him because he was so highly decorated. And, uh, you know, it's tough when you have kids, you know, that are testifying and then the parents don't want them to testify and all these different things. Uh, led to him getting off without any charges, but uh, there was an FBI investigation into it, so it was pretty interesting. Yeah, and and you know he he's one of those he's one of those people. If, if anybody you know isn't familiar with him, go go check out Oddman's uh, episode on this. This will be really interesting. But you know it's it's one of those people that you know if you read and research, you know a lot of this stuff. But if you just Google his name, right, you're not gonna you're not gonna see anything. You're gonna see decorated Army veteran. You're gonna see. Um, you know, baseless allegations, you know, you're going to see that kind of wording. So it's, uh, it, it's, it's interesting how they, how they bury some of that stuff, especially the most terrible stuff when it comes to kids. Absolutely. Yeah. And uh, the, one of the books that I'm reading, it's really hard to find. And it was by one of Michael Aquino's mistresses and she joined the church and um, she was with him for a little bit over a year, but she started noticing, you know, that he was really infatuated with Nazis and Nazi memorabilia and the whole Vril and um, th that kind of thing. And um, just the, the Thule Society, of course, too. And in, I guess they finally broke up. I mean, she was married, had children, and he was married as well. But um, she really learned a lot about him. So she wrote this book, and it's kind of a tell-all. And the interesting thing that makes me think she might have some credibility in it is uh, she actually became one of these people who helped uh, people who were suffering from satanic ritual abuse and different kinds of cult abuse. And that's what she dedicated the rest of her life to. So it, it's definitely an interesting subject. It's, it's pretty deep. Yeah. Yeah. It, that's kind of stuff. It, it gets deep. It, get, it gets pretty dark, but you know, those are the kind of things that need to be uncovered in our world and, and brought to light, you know? Um, but you know, I think in one way, shape or form, you know, some people are waking up to that. You know, the, the question is kind of what, what portal is, is getting them there and how, you know, polarizing that, you know, group that they're in is talking about that. I think you probably know where I'm going with, with some of that stuff. But right, right. Uh, but anyway, so the reason I wanted to have you on is, um, you know, I, I was introduced to you through through Jack Allen, his conspiracy or just coincidence podcast, who I just had him on recently. And, um, you know, you, you, you bring up a lot about the the right versus left thing that goes on in our country. And it, it kind of started to get me to think about things in a, in a different manner. Um, you know, my, my history growing up, you know, in a Christian family is, you know, the, the Christian belief system is pretty much tied to the Republican party. You know, it, it's, 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 it's one, it's, it's one, it's one symbiotic thing uh, in, in most cases. So, so that's kind of how I grew up. So I was always kind of mm -hmm. fil filtered right into that Republican, you know, lifestyle and, and you you just vote down that side of the ballot and, and you're good to go and, and move on from there but you know the more i've been researching and learning and you know waking up over these past few years especially looking into people like george w bush there's a there's an easy one that i i at the time thought was a good person misunderstood this and that but when you really get down to it him and his family are some of the most despicable people on the planet um but you know, so so you're kind of fil you, you know, like I said, I was kind of filtered in that way, and, and especially even even with with the Trump stuff too. I was pretty I was pretty on board with him, um, but I'm kind of starting to ch change my change my course a little bit on that, just based on a lot of new information as far as you know the o Operation Warp Speed and just a lot of other other stuff I've been hearing from stuff like um, you and Jack. So if, if you can just kind of just talk in, in broad strokes first, to just about this right left thing and kind of how this game is set up and why it's so important to the, uh, to the powers that be. Sure. Yeah. So what I'll do is I'll, I'll just start just a little bit, give some people kind of a background on me. So they kind of know where I'm coming from quickly uh, after nine 11 or even before nine 11, I took an interest in politics, but after nine 11, I became a super conservative and I was like that for, you know, a number of years, but things started 
kind of uh, leading me to believe that, hey, you know, maybe at the top, there's not that much difference between the parties. Uh, groups like the Council on Foreign Relations, you know, I realized that uh, it had top Democrats and Republicans. It had members of the military, you know, generals and colonels, these guys who I thought were conservatives who stood for, uh, you know, national sovereign, sovereign, I can't even say it, sorry, <laughs> national sovereignty and, uh, you know, in protecting our borders and different things like that. And when I realized they're part, they're members in this uh, this global corporate network, it's, you know, it's an NGO, but it's very well funded. And one of their main things uh, from the Council on Foreign Relations, one of their main tenants is to end borders in sovereignty and you will have you know this global governance and also to uh you know to uh, disarm us which uh would never work even though you know i do believe the military uh the P pentagon in the, in the military industrial complex you know not the soldiers but uh, the people at the top want you know eternal wars and stuff stuff like that because we have this uh all these different in industries that are built off that and they kind of have to have that to keep them going but it just really made me start looking deeper into things. And then at some point I uh, discovered Edward Bernays' book uh, on propaganda, you know, the famous book on propaganda. And, um, you know, I read that and I couldn't believe it. I was like, wow, this is written in the 20s, the late 20s, I think, 1928, if I'm not mistaken. And by that time, there was already this, uh, you know, solid system and, and techniques in place to control people through the media that we had at the time. And that was, you know, newspapers and, and, and uh, radio and any other means they could. And uh, it just blew my mind, you know, that I was like, oh my gosh, um, what all are we being lied to about? And, um, you know, is there, are things really this cut and dry, you know, with the left, right paradigm? Uh, I mean, you know, I, I do, now that I'm older, I do, think that some Democrat and Democrats have some valid issues, you know, but they're, uh, I believe that their fix is always just as bad or worse than the issue. And it's really just about building up the bureaucracy. And, and what they don't realize, I think, is um, that the bigger the government, the, the more cronyism there is. So they think, you know, these small time and your average Democrat thinks that they're fighting you know corporatism by making the government bigger and having all these programs and different things like that but they're actually just making a, bu a bureaucracy that's in bed with these corporations and making it even more powerful right and, and you know it's funny you, know, you look at people on, on social media they have you know all these hashtags about you know i'm pro biden pro vaccine pro this pro that and then they have this hashtag that says you know resist resist it's like you're, you're, you're not resisting anything. You're, 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 you know, in Star Wars terms, you're with the empire. You're not, you're not rebelling against anything. If you're, if you're preaching about totalitarianism, but you are the totalitarian, there, there's something messed up about that. Right. Yeah. And even I, uh, as much as I, you know, especially when I was hardcore Republican, as much as I disliked the left, I never could have seen them quite become what they've become now with the censorship and then just trying to just to destroy people who you know have credible ideas and issues you know especially under covid you know with these all these doctors and and engineers and scientists and anybody that comes out against <laughs> this big corporate cabal and says hey there could be a problem here you know they're getting their whole lives destroyed so right they've become the authoritarians and um you know it's it's just insane but uh you know I eventually, I started listening to podcasts called No Agenda, and that kind of like really got me to looking deeper into things and looking deeper at the media. And I realized that, you know, that the media is deep in bed with the Council on Foreign Relations. And you've got all these, uh, like, like I always try to tell people, go on the CFR.org website and look at their corporate members. And it's like Google and uh, Exxon. And, and it's you know, BlackRock, Blackstone, uh, Bank of America, it's, it's all these um, military industrial, you know, part of the military industrial complex like Lockheed, Lockheed Martin and different places like that. And that's where all this uh, global corporatism comes together. And, you know, and that's the way they work to get legislation. And, and I realized the more I studied it, that uh, when they come to the CFR and they become members, 
uh, the CFR will take like uh, a panel of 10 to 30 people and they'll say, come up with this legislation that does this, that, or the other. And so they'll come up with it, give them, they'll give them like, you know, a few weeks to a few months, and then they'll present that legislation to members in the presidential administrations. And it doesn't matter if it's left or right. Uh, every presidential administration ends up having CFR members in there in their cabinet. So they're just giving that legislation to their friends, other CFR members. And that's how a lot of stuff becomes bills, you know, and that's how the kind of corporate America and the government kind of merges, you know, kind of, a, it's kind of like fascism really. Right. Um, and it seems like it's this, it's really where we're headed now with this uh, public private partnership type of thing. And guess, you know, lo and behold, who's pushing that the most? The left, you know, so it's <laughs> never thought that. Yeah, and it, and it's and it's really interesting because I I think you know a lot, like I grew up and a lot of people grow up you know you grow up a certain way you believe a certain thing you're just expected to to follow that um, that path your whole life. So like there's a lot of there's a lot of really good people I know that have democratic slash liberal beliefs. Yeah. I just don't and they just don't necessarily realize how far left that party has gone right because you know i was listening to one of your most um, one of your recent podcasts and you and you're like well they they don't see it because that is their that's their tribe right mm -hmm. so they're willing to um pump up that that party or that tribe strengths and you know minimize their own weaknesses and i and obviously that thing is that's done on on both sides especially with with you know with trump because a lot of people will will hail him for you know i i think i think every everybody that you know, is in kind of alternative type media appreciates the fact that Trump said, oh, the news is fake media and stuff like that. But there's a, there's a lot of other probably downsides as well, which I, I'd like you to kind of get into because, you know, yeah. being polarized to that side for the past few years, I think I probably personally put some of that stuff to the side and just, you know, came up with a came up with a cover story for it, just like the the, the left is doing for, for their guy now. So if, if you want to talk a little bit about about Trump and, you know, that presidency and, and how you, and how you feel like that fits in with kind of this larger global type agenda. Absolutely. Yeah. So by the time that he ran, I had become what I would probably call kind of a right wing anarchist, you know, like just get off my property. I want to be left alone type <laughs> guy. I mm -hmm. just didn't, you know, cause like with Obama and Romney, I just, that, that done it for me. I was done with the, you know, Republicans because I've been let down by them so many times and they talked a good game. But, you know, when it come down to it, they always spent more. They always, uh, you know, allowed for our rights to be trampled on. And to different things like that, the government always grew. So I, I started looking into Trump and I remember the moment, and I've said this on several shows, but uh, hopefully your, your listeners and your, your viewers will appreciate this. I remember the, the exact moment that Trump, I, I realized Trump had taken the hearts and the minds of the people. And that was the day after the first Republican primary. And uh, I remember some of us had some high hopes for uh, Rand, but, uh, you know, Trump just squashed him because he was so loud and boisterous and he just talked over Rand. And, and you know, it was more, it was always more uh, the way he talked and his presence more than his ideas. And so I remember coming to work the next day with all these people that I knew really well. And we all, we would always talk about politics before the, you know, before we'd start to work. And um, they were really talking about Trump. And I was like, I can't believe you guys actually trust him. I'm like, you know, he ran before and yeah, I just didn't see the, the, the thing that they liked about him besides, you know, his, his confidence and stuff like that. And I was like, you know what? I mean, they really got mad at me. Uh, we almost got into it uh, with a couple of them. And so I was like, maybe I need to look further into Trump. Maybe I'm wrong, you know? And so one of the first things I found that, that really flew up a red flag was that he had taken a $160 million loan from George Soros for Trump Tower. And wow. I, I was like, wow, we just got through with, you know, 20 years of people screaming, you know, Soros, Soros, Soros. And rightfully so, the guy's a bad dude. He's got his hands in everything. But uh, I couldn't believe that, you know, that Trump had done that. And you, we really didn't hear much of anything about that. There was even this famous, infamous uh, article that I, I can't even find now. They had told about how the Trumps and the Soros family spent a Christmas together. 
celebrating Christmas. So, you know, that really flew uh, through the red flags up for me. And I was like, does this guy, you know, what's he been like in the past? And then the other thing that I ran into was like, he was a big fan of eminent domain, you know, um, and he, he had spoken about that in public. Uh, he was very open about it. And um, I was like, wow, property rights are like number, you know, maybe two, three on the Republican list of things that we need to defend. And then, you know, it was just one thing after another. Uh, and, and once he started, uh, I think it was when he said something about the, you know, Mexicans and they were really bad dudes and, you know, whatever. And of course, the left made way bigger, a, a way bigger deal of, about that than it really was. But um, I realized after that, that the Republicans, he had them hooked at that point. It was just, you know, he had them hooked and uh, it became where he could say anything and, and never get any criticism. And, and that's kind of not out of character for any president, uh, but it was really ramped up, I'd say tenfold under him. And, uh, you know, he'd even said uh, that the Constitution was uh, archaic and bad for the people, the constitutional process. And there was no pushback there. You know, it was, it was just one thing after another. But I've come to believe that the, uh, the office of president is more of a, it's in place to divide the people. Uh, I think that it really is this yin and this yang uh, that's got this uh, dualistic kind of vibe to it. Uh, one side will love him and nearly worship him. And one side will loathe every word he says and everything he does. So this allows for a massive division of the public at all times. And the focus stays on the president and, you know, the Speaker of the House or whoever he is arguing with in the opposition at the time. And so people don't look at groups like the Council on Foreign Relations and, you know, these other things that are happening in the background. And they don't look at who their senators and their congressmen are tied to. And um, I think that's a, a huge thing with the, the presidency. And I, uh, I don't mean to be long-winded, but I feel like the Trump presidency was kind of like um, this This years and years of work by the Tavistock Institute, the uh, Esalen Institute, the CIA, um, and uh, political strategists, uh, strategists and social scientists and stuff like that, figuring out, trying to figure out all these decades how to control people's minds. Well, they finally did it and they were able to you know, monitor us on social media. And uh, I'm sure they had all kinds of experiments and different things that they were doing that we'll never know about. Of course, we had Cambridge Analytica, that whole thing come out, but they know exactly how to work us. They know our, uh, they know what we're going to say or do on any given issue because they've been able to monitor us through social media. And uh, I think it's just a big game of psychological warfare, only having two choices. They can really pit the people against one another very easily. Right. Right. And you definitely, um, you see, on social media, you know, especially things like Twitter, like that algorithm specifically working, it, it, it only works if you, if you talk about things polarizing that way. Like, I'll be honest, like, odd man, like your, your tweets are some of the best, like well thought out um, informative tweets that I've seen, but, but not probably the algorithm buries that deep down because you're not saying I love Trump or I love Biden. You're not, you're not as far one way or one way or the other. So, so in, in their mind, it, it, they don't, they don't, they want to, like you said, they want to capture the hearts and minds one way or the other. They don't like kind of this, this gray space that, you know, that, that a lot of us are kind of, you know, have been in for a while or kind of starting to move towards because we're starting to see um, some of this stuff playing out. And, you know, it, it, it's just funny because um, everybody wants to rail on, well, the elites are terrible. The elites are terrible. Like, you know, Trump is a billionaire. So, so, so you can't, you, you have to put those two things together. You, you can't just say, well, no, he's my guy. So I have to uh, take him out of that group. But, but all the other people are terrible, right? Like it doesn't, it doesn't work like that. You don't get to kind of mince that kind of stuff, whatever way you, you like to do it, you know? Yeah, exactly. And, uh, you know, uh, some other things that uh, really came to my attention uh, as I dug deeper into Trump and you know and I still honestly I still can't say for sure if he was in on this whole thing or uh, all, all I can say is 
and I, I hope he wasn't. I'd like to think that he wasn't, but it couldn't have worked better for, I think, the globalists and the, and the, the, the leftist kind of global corporate elite. Uh, his presence, presidency, w without it and without it being so polarizing, they couldn't have had the great reset and the, and the success that they've had. I don't mm. think that they would have been, it, you know, it's kind of like a yin and yang kind of thing. Right. Uh, but, you know, he also another thing he had um, had taken some loans from a Rothschild's bank. And uh, lo and behold, he appoints Wilbur Ross to uh, his cabinet. And Wilbur Ross was a 30 year uh, Rothschild employee, uh, very high up in one of their banks. And mm. I thought that's, you know, that's another yeah. thing that I'm like, come on, man. I remember, you know, right wing people like railing against the Rothschilds, you know, especially the your Infowars type of people and stuff like that. Uh, another thing he, um, you know, and it, this could be a, a nothing, you know, it could be nothing. But he went to Fordham uh, for two years, a Jesuit uh, college. Uh, so did Ivanka. And then um, actually Eric, Eric Trump was on one of the boards of Georgetown, you know, the main Jesuit college. Uh, and also Georgetown, uh, that same college, the Pelosi's have a scholarship in their name. So it's kind of crazy how, uh, you know, of course he had the relationship with the uh, Clintons, you know, and maybe they hate each other's guts or maybe that was the best psyop we've ever seen in our lives. Right, right. I mean, there is kind of a, there it's almost kind of like if you go look back at old Trump interviews, you know, and he was just like smooth guy talked kind of low and, you know, he was kind of like one of those type of guys. And he, you know, it was almost like a character that the Trump that we got. Mm -hmm. um, and, and it worked perfectly because he was able to rally so many people. I mean, I never would have thought that that many young people would have become Republicans and, and actually thought it was cool and really kind of made it cool and, and became cooler than the, Demo the Democrats. Um, and that was a sight to behold, you know, but uh, I just, he didn't have the substance, you know, he was already uh, racking up debt, you know, he was, he was taking money from certain places, but he was just giving it to the military or to the Israeli government or, you know, uh, one of you know, somebody like that. And it was like, wow, I already see government growing, you know? Um, right. So, I mean, it's, it's tough, man. It's tough to know exactly what, happened but um it, it just worked so perfectly to to divide the people and, and get us to where we are at this present moment right and and yeah i i, I agree I, I think whether you whether you like the guy or hate the guy you have to understand that what he did was was very was very polarizing you know like um you know i'm, I'm a big star wars guy and there's been some star wars movies that come out recently that it's you love it or you hate it there, there's really no no middle ground, but it's the same, it's the same kind of game, right? Like they ha they find ways to do these things um, in in, enter in the entertainment business, right? It's it's, it's it can be just as polarizing there, um, but it's all about the clicks. It's all about just getting the attention for whatever that is you're you're talking about. So you kind of see that in, in any different um, in entertainment, in politics, in, in in all kinds of stuff, you know, right? There's always these little battles, you know. You're a Star Star Wars fan, or you're a Star Trek fan. Right. Like you, you're really not supposed to be both. You're supposed to be on this side or the other side. It's just, it's just so interesting how there there's always this this coin that you have to that you're, you're supposed to flip. And, you know, I think, uh, you know, a great quote is, you know, from that that classic 80s movie War Games, where, you know, the, the scenario they run says, uh, you know, the only way to win is to not play, you know, and I think a lot more people are waking up to that being. A possibility. You don't really have to buy into this program. You don't have to play this game if you if you don't want to. You can you can either disregard it altogether. You can rail against the entire system, or you you, you can do a number a number of things. But you don't have to play ball in the terms that they want you to. Absolutely, uh, you, you said that very well. I think taking yourself out of the game is the only way to go at this point. Uh, and of course, we can't get away from the policies because they affect us all. But I think. If you take yourself out of the left-right world and you are able to get some kind of clear perspective, it was, uh, it was a slow process for me over a couple of years uh, to, to come out of that. So it's not an easy thing, but uh, once you learn 
you know, I, I just started studying psychological warfare and, and propaganda. Mm-hmm. And once I realized this, these things are used on us by our government, by the, the corporate media, by all media. Uh, and so it was a real eye opener. And I realized how easily we can be pitted against each other, you know, mm-hmm. I, and I've noticed that if you talk to an average person, uh, even if whether you know them or not, if you just happen to have a random conversation and you're talking about certain policies, if you don't mention the word Republican or Democrat, a lot of times you can actually have a decent conversation unless it's mm-hmm. one of those issues that, you know, is so plainly Republican or Democrat. Uh, unless it's, you know, one of these like newer social issues that people just go crazy with. But, uh, you know, once you insert the Democrat or Republican, then you're fighting each other and there's no compromise and no one wants to listen to one another. So if we're able to get out of those worlds a little bit and clear, clear our heads uh, and, and maybe find some more independent news sources and, and a variety of news sources, too, I, I would recommend people. I think that's the way to go uh, because if you stay real close to it, it was like you were saying earlier, uh, you, you if you stay close to it, you don't see when even your own party is changing. And so these people stay so close and just read their, you know, read their either left or right skewed media for so long or viewed it, listened to it, that they don't even realize all the things that have happened and how much even both parties have changed. Uh, like right. I tell people, I'm 45 the Republicans now are the Democrats of my early teenage years. So, <laughs> in the and I've never seen such a worthless bunch. Of, <laughs> I mean, there's no doubt. And don't get me wrong, people. Uh, Biden is horrible, and and the whole administration is just deplorable. But, uh, um, but the Republicans, I feel like they. They show up and you've got one or two, three guys, you know, like Rand and, and uh, Massey and, uh, you know, Amash sometimes uh, they'll will stand up and kind of try to, you know, stand up for the Constitution, the Bill of Rights and things like that. And sometimes I wonder if they're just tokens, you know, and then you've got some of these other guys that, they, you know, they, they just vote however and, and they don't really ever stand for anything. And it's just it's pitiful because I, I heard somebody say the difference between Republicans and Democrats and they're talking about the politicians is the Democrats are serious. And I think they are about changing the things that they want to change for themselves and, and their cronies. Right. Yeah, that's, that's, that's really true. And, you know, talking about, you know, how people have always voted this way or voted that way, you know, um, I, I worked with a guy several years ago who, you know, he was telling us all the, you know, the faults he saw with politics and this and that. And we're like, and I was like, well, do you vote? He's like, no. And I'm like, what are you talking about? You, 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 don't, you don't vote? Like, like, so how can you have a say? But now I, now that I think about it, uh, it, it's, it, it's kind of flipped. It's like what we've been yeah. talking about. He's like, he's like, I'm deciding not, not to play the game by, by playing the game that doesn't make you a better person, that doesn't make you a better American by, by, by clicking one side or other on, on the paper. He's just like, I'm just choosing not to participate in that and you know i kind of go back to that now uh after you know how waking up over these past few years so it's really really happening and thinking about that in in a different way um what what i want to ask you about um so with the trump presidency very very polarizing and i I think a lot of us whether you like him or not agree that there was something fishy with this election obviously there's there's too many red flags for it to be nothing um and you know now there's all the there's all the talk out there in the conspiracy about how he, Trump's going to be back in August. Okay. Um, you know, after we've been talking about it, thinking about that, I'm like, you know what, there's nothing that would probably push the globalist agenda uh, f- further quicker than that actually happening. Because what you're going to get, like, let's hypothetically say that happens. They say, uh, okay, the election's overturned. Now, now Trump's back in, in control in August. Well, everybody that's been told everything by the media is just going to explode. Because they, they are physically seeing that things they've been told were wrong. There's going to be more, more rioting in the streets. There's going to be intense protests. There's going to be violent, like all that, right? And, and that's just more of what they want. So I, yeah. I think when people when people are are pushing for, oh well, he's he's going to be back. He's going to be back. It's like you, you, it doesn't work on your terms. He's not just going to be back, and nobody's going to do anything about it. What you saw 
you know, when he was elected, the not my president stuff and what you saw last year and all the protests and stuff, that's child's play, I think, compared to what we would get if that truly happened. Do you, do you kind of agree with that sentiment? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and I think these these promises and, and these things that, you know, like you was was alleging that was going to happen and all these different things. I think they were twofold. Uh, you know, they work twofold because they scare the Democrats, those that even, you know, hear about it. And then uh, they rally you know, the more right leaning people who are supporters of Trump and keep they keep the hope alive. And um, I think that hope overshadowed actually what was going on under his presidency. You know, like I was, you know, say the main thing that really got me was uh, when he said he was sitting right beside uh, Diane Feinstein, who's the biggest gun grabber ever. And he said, take the guns first and we'll do process or, you know, do process later. And, um, you know, she laughed really big and he even tried to uh, get her to push for a, a, an assault weapons ban, a total, a total uh, automatic weapons ban. Uh, and, and I saw the Republicans didn't push back on that. And, and I tried to talk to people about it and I, man, I was cursed out. I was called a commie. I mean, you name it. And I'm mm -hmm. like, I'm the one trying to stand up for the, you know, for, <laughs> it was just crazy. You know, right. just got the, so out of opposite, hand. literally the opposite of a commie, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, it, it works both ways, you know, and I think you're totally right. It would cause so much chaos and, and, and it, I think people need to think about it too. Uh, I mean, has anything like that ever happened? Anything even close? Uh, uh, there's no way that that's going to happen. But if it did, I mean, honestly, he was not a conservative or a constitutionalist. He never was, you know. Mm -hmm. He did a few conservative things, but uh, he was never, you know, a staunch constitutionalist. And uh, he wasn't even smaller government. So I think that people, we always want anybody but the opposition you know it's like right. the lesser of two evils and we've done that so long that both parties have just turned into just awful awful people and awful institutions right. and uh i feel like we get screwed over by our own parties even worse a lot of times because we're always you know we, we keep an eye on the opposition and we listen to you know our side tell us about what the opposition's doing but we don't look at what our, our side is doing. And, you know, you're not going to tune into Hannity and hear him say anything, you know, that the president might've been doing that was not good for conservatives, uh, you know, and, and that goes for tons of the talking heads. So I feel like we really get screwed over sometimes by our side, even worse. Yeah. Uh, I think, I think that's true. And it's, and, it, and it's, and it's really difficult, you know, it's difficult for people to listen to criticism, whether it's for themselves or against people that they, they like, you know, it's, you know, I'll be honest, you know, I'm in that millennial age range and I'll be honest, you know, me and a lot of people, we don't like anything negative being saying about ourselves. We do get real triggered and I'll admit that I'll be the first person to admit that it, it, it that's, that, that's how, that's how it works because of, I think how we've grown up in the, in the society and the culture we've been brought up in. So I think it's a lot of, very difficult for a lot of people our age too to try to think about things uh, in a different way and, and try to change your life for the better and others for better by, by, by thinking about this kind of stuff. Um, and, and yeah, the other thing too was the, the other big thing people were saying was, well, Trump's going to get the military to do martial law. And it's like, well, uh, th then you're just becoming the thing that you, that you, you hate. <laughs> yeah. Like that, that's, that's the one part I never understood. Like, oh, he's going to just, he's just going to have the military uh, overtake everything and, and everything's going to be fine. You know, it's, it's like the it's the whole thing like you see in Star Wars, you see in everything where a leader grasps these emergency powers and, you know, they say they'll they'll turn them back over at a certain point, but they never do. Because why yeah, would you yeah. turn? Why would why would you turn down absolute absolute power? You know, exactly. but um, exactly. Yeah. Um, one thing I want to ask you about, you brought up um, you brought up uh, the Jesuit University a little bit ago. Um, I, I kind of want to know a little bit more about 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 the Jesuits and also about about Zionism too. That's another term that I've been hearing thrown out about Trump and kind of what his belief system is. And you know, I've heard about it bits and pieces. And you know, I know you've talked about it. Jack's talked about it. I was just on you know Sam Tripoli's show. He was talking about it. I know enough about it, but I'd like to know more about what that what that really truly means and kind of how how problematic, if anything, how problematic that could be. Yeah, it's a very complicated uh, 
you know, kind of subject, but they have a rich history uh, going back, you know, to, I think the 1500s. Um, and it's, you know, they were, they've been kicked out of numerous countries for getting involved in politics. Uh, you know, Pope Francis is the first Jesuit Pope that we know of. Um, so I, I recommend everyone, if they want to know about the Jesuits and the shady side, there is a book, it's kind of hard to find, but you can find the PDF for free. It's 100 pages. You can read it in a day. It's called The Secret Terrorists by Bill Hughes. In there, he explains how they've been involved in presidential assassinations. They've been involved in all kinds of very important documents that have been drafted that have really made a big difference, that have really been a detriment or really been bad for freedom. Uh, but they're, uh, you know, they're a sect of the Catholics who started out as uh, an armed uh, kind of a militia type of sect. Uh, and they uh, were started by this guy named Loyola. And uh, he, he was kind of a wild guy. He was a soldier himself who got injured. And so he decided to become a priest and uh, but uh, I don't know if he was ever a real priest. I'm not sure about that. But they, <laughs> you know, the thing about them, I'll say that's not a conspiracy that's 100% fact, is they decided at one point that they were going to take over education and influence people through education. And if you start looking up famous uh, Jesuit educated people, uh, it's, it's wild. I mean, Stalin, uh, you go all the way back to Adam Weishaupt from the, the Bavarian Illuminati. I mean, it's it's amazing uh, that um, I think if I'm if I'm not mistaken, I looked this up a couple of years ago. Something like 11 percent of our uh, representatives are Jesuits. Hmm. I could be wrong. It was it was either Catholic or Jesuit, but anyway, famous people. I mean, it's unbelievable how many actors and different people are, are Jesuits. So I do believe that they have a bigger role in uh, things, but. Um, you know, it's, it's kind of hard to absolutely prove it without a doubt. Uh, Bill Clinton was Je uh, Jesuit educated, of course, at Georgetown. And his uh, famous uh, college professor, Carol Quigley, who wrote the famous book, uh, Tragedy and Hope, about the Council, uh, Council on Foreign Relations, that whole English, uh, Anglo-Saxon cabal. Uh, he taught there. Uh, he was a Jesuit professor. So uh, there's a big a big link between the Jesuits and the globalists. Uh, you know, a lot of globalists are Jesuit educated. So, um, and as far as the Zionists, I mean, that's another super, super rich history there. Um, you know, it probably started out as a good thing, but um, in my humble opinion, it's turned into, it's very political. And uh, as Christians, and you know this, uh, we are kind of taught to always take Israel's side and never question anything. Uh, but I believe that we've come to a time where we need to separate political Israel with the Israeli people because right. we don't even trust our own government, yet we blindly trust Israel's government, and we really don't mm -hmm. know anything about them. You know, right. We don't know, like, for instance, uh, Netanyahu, he, he went to college in Philadelphia. Um, his last name is not Net Netanyahu. Uh, it's Wachowski, I believe. Uh, and his dad changed it so he could sound more Jewish because he was uh, like an extreme uh, a Jewish kind of uh, uh, advocate. You know, he did protests and different things like that. And um, so I, I think that uh, they, you know, APAC and, and other Israeli lobbyists, uh, they really spend a ton of money getting legislation pushed the way they want it. And uh, there's just no question about that. Um, you know, I heard uh, one guy say, hey, you know, one of the reasons that uh, no matter who the president is, they give tons and tons of money to the Israeli government is because it allows for the U.S. and the Brits to have a landing strip in the Middle East exactly where they need it. And they never have to worry about having an aircraft carrier there because we've been involved wow. in all these things all these decades, you know. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that's another one. If you start looking up all the, uh, you know, the people who, like for instance, it's perfectly legal here in the United States for our representatives to be dual citizens, and they do not have to disclose that. And many people think 
and I believe so as well, that Chuck Schumer and a lot of Democrats and Republicans are dual citizens with Israeli government. So that's, that's another big problem. And, you know, as long as they have these conflicts, you know, the, the military industrial complex, you know, the general dynamics and uh, all these different Raytheon and all these guys are going to be making millions and millions of dollars. And so it seems like, you know, with the threat of Iran versus Israel or, you know, of course, Palestine and just, you know, Russia, China, um, it's it's a never ending threat that just keeps bringing in more and more money. And even with, uh, you know, you look at, um, well, Trump, he won the uh, Tree of Life Award, and that's a, a big Jewish award. Um, his son-in-law, uh, well, a lot of people didn't talk about this, but he and Ivanka, uh, they're not just, you know, Jewish. Uh, they go to a Chabad synagogue. Chabad is Kabbalist. They teach Kabbalah there. Uh, they went the day before president was elected the last time, uh, you know, President Trump to this guy. He's called Rabbi Schneerson. They went to his grave to pray the night before the election. This is a guy that many Jews from Israel think was a messiah. A Jewish Messiah. So wow. there's a lot of things that, that have, you know, in that field that are, haven't been talked about very much at all. That it, it'll blow your mind, you know. And, and you know, like with, um, you know, like with Jared Kushner, he at one time, you know, he and I think his dad or his brother owned a six 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 Saks Fifth Avenue, I think it was, <laughs> or six 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 Fifth Avenue. Uh, you know, and in that in that building was. Um, a, a company who made these microchips that you put under your skin to track. Oh people. boy. So right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know. Link those two together. That's great. <laughs> so yeah, that's, that's a huge, you know, and it's a really, you know, touchy subject, but I think people need to like, like with Biden, there's video of him saying that he's an, he's a Zionist. Uh, he came out a few years ago and you can find it on YouTube. I think still, and he is before uh, the Senate, <laughs> and he says, you know, if, if there wasn't an Israel, America would have to invent one to protect our uh, assets overseas. And he's, he's talking in favor of this. He's talking yeah. about how they fund Israel and give them so much money. Mm -hmm. So I think we need to think about that's another that both really a lot of top Democrats and Republicans agree on. And I think we need to that should raise a question mark to even the most conservative people out there. Right. And yeah, it, it, it's really interesting what you said earlier about, you know, if you if you read the Bible, if you believe the story of Christ, you're supposed to always stick with Israel and even the Israel Israel Israelite government. Well, I mean, you have to look no farther than the Bible to see how how much you, you should trust that Israel Israel Israelite government. I mean, they were the ones who who, who turned on him. So I think you can if you can take it right there and, and, and appreciate that. You stand for the people of Israel, of course, and you should stand yeah. for people of, of any nation, right? Whether they believe what you do or not. But, you know, when you're when you're blindly uh, behind uh, anything like a like a, a state like that or like in America here, same thing. Once again, you're falling into that trap of um, making decisions based off of what the state wants you to versus what is really for the good of the people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think so. And I think even a lot of things that we're told, you know, about the government over there, you know, there's so much that we don't know. Like, for instance, this is just a small thing, but it, it, it kind of rang in my head. Hey, maybe this is a little more important than I'm thinking originally. RT, you know, Russia Today, the, the television network, the news network, uh, they, at least up until a few years ago, were running off of Russian, uh, I mean, uh, Israeli satellites so they were you know beaming their feed off of israeli satellites <laughs> uh you know so and we're told that russia just hates israel but here's the you know we know that russia today is pretty much affiliated with the government over there so you know and, and israel has a huge um they, they work with china and they 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 own ports there and um it, you know it's it's kind of crazy and and Israel is, uh, they do a lot of business now with the Saudis. Of course, we do too, our government. And we know the Saudis are just terrible people, you know. <laughs> so, um, and that's another thing with the Saudis, you know, it doesn't matter if it's uh, Obama, Trump, Biden, selling 
you know, millions and millions of dollars to the Saudis. Um, I, I don't know if a Biden's done that yet, but um, he's, he's probably, probably I'm sure he's probably working on that. Yeah. 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 That's on that's on the to do list. Yeah, for sure. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I think uh, I tell people, you know, it, it took me years to realize this, but, uh, you know, we talk about the differences between the, the two parties and, you know, the, at the top and stuff like that. But I think it's really the things that they have in common, maybe something we need to worry about even more so or just or just as much because they seem to agree on certain things no matter who the president is and um i think that uh biden is is pretty much proof that maybe all presidents but especially him he's a puppet you know he's barely making it and, you know he's been for sale forever you know he's for sale to to, to the highest bidder and you know like He's put already 20, over 20 uh, Council on Foreign Relations members in his cabinet. And we're talking like the main ones, like Anthony Blinken's uh, Department of State, uh, Lloyd Austin's Defense, um, May Orcus is Homeland Security, uh, William J. Burns, CIA Director, uh, Yellen, Treasury. Um, I could go on and on. Over 20, he's put over five or six uh, of the uh, Aspen Institute uh, members in his cabinet. You know, this is the biggest globalist you've ever seen in bed with the biggest, biggest uh, corporate entities. Right. So when they try to tell you that, you know, Biden's for the small guy, it's ridiculous. <laughs> the, these are the companies that are edging out small businesses under the Great Reset, you know. So, and, you know, he, he came up with the, the Biden crime bill that locked up so many minorities. And I don't know if you've ever seen that uh, that video collage of him talking about bragging about the Biden crime bill, but it shows him like in front of the Senate, you know, like bragging about it. There's probably like 10 or 15 different times. And also he's on video before the Senate bragging about writing the Patriot Act before it was called the Patriot Act. So there's just so many things that, you know, on paper for the most part, you know, Democrats should hate this guy, old white guy who's come up with all these non-democratic things and legislation and different things like that right and he's you know and he's appointing all these corporate backed uh, globalists but doesn't matter you know it's all about it's all about emotions and tribalism exactly it's all it's all about the emotion you know it doesn't matter that he said more racist things in the past two years than you know any president in recent history including trump but obviously those get buried because of the because of the political lean so uh, let me ask you this kind of where do you where do you think we where do you think we go from here is it is it just trudging further down that path towards this great reset agenda 2030 that kind of stuff or or do you do you ever see it it the tide turning of this of this ever i mean i'll be honest like you know i, I know a lot of people that are w- waking up to this kind of stuff but i know you know 99% of other people still are 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 not and are still just just playing these these games and and really not not pushing back or, or doing anything about it. So, so kind of, what do you think, what do you think the future holds? Is it really just going to be more of the same in the future? And it's just, you're kind of SOL at this point. You know, oh, I wish I could, uh, you know, say some positive things. <laughs> I mean, you know how the book of revelation ends, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. But, uh, you know, honestly, I mean, never say never, but um, they push people so far now and, I, I, you know, especially here in the South, you know, I always say this, but, you know, on paper, you know, our legend is we are rebels and we're not going to put up with the government and blah, blah, blah. But people folded here just like they did in any other part of the country uh, under the Great Reset, the lockdowns and all that stuff. Uh, so I don't have a ton of hope. Um, I think there's going to be pockets of resistance and people are starting to try to be more resilient and and kind of lean on each other and you know you got these freedom cell networks and stuff like that and that's awesome um but i feel like man this this great reset is coming together uh you know they thought they were going to do this the globalists uh in the early to i mean in the late 1800s early 1900s and they almost had it with the league of nations and they were so pissed when that fell through and they secretly started planning the united nations and um they've been trying to to pull this together ever since but there's an occult agenda behind it too uh you know there's a, the great reset the you know some say the you know there was the great w- awakening too 
And I try to tell people, be careful because, you know, Alice Bailey and a lot of these cultists have talked about the plan, the plan, the plan, which is New World Order. And she even called it New World Order. But we have to be careful because they've been wanting to create their type of utopia for mm-hmm. even more than 100 years, hundreds of years, I guess, according to Manly P. Hall. So somebody said in the occult circles, it's called the cracking of the egg when something terrible happens. And then you're able to, you know, that way you, right. you change your life. That's what they're trying to do to us. And I right. think, you're, you're uh, going to, you're going to break a few eggs, but Hey, that's part of the process. My, mind yeah. you, that was, you know, 20, 20 billion people, but you know, it, it, it happens. It, it's just part of the process. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, there's a, uh, you know, when you talk about an alchemical process, it, you destroy things so you can recreate and you recruit. They want to recreate, recreate the order out of chaos that they've created. Mm-hmm. So it, it's just, um, it, it doesn't look good, but hey, like I said, never say never. And, um, you know, don't, people don't give up hope, you know, pray for discernment, uh, read, research, and, uh, you know, just uh, let people know you love them, the people that's, that are in right. your life and uh, right. you know, reach out to people and, and Talk to them in a kind way. Just plant a little seed here or there that maybe help them will help them wake up. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I totally agree with 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 all of that. You know, like um, I, I got I got little kids. I know I know you have kids as well. And you know, I, I look at them and I just think, man, to to be to be your obviously the, the future is scary and who knows what that's gonna hold. But you know, looking at it now, it's like, man, just to just to be able to walk around and play and go see the sunshine and not have to really worry about any of this stuff that you know we get we get all worked up for you know right or wrong one way or the other but like you can kind of like i see that innocence and it and it, it kind of does give me a little little glimmer of of hope for the future that you know maybe there maybe we will go out on the other side or something like this but you know like you mentioned we're, we're still trudging down this path and the, the the most troubling thing to me is that people are kind of cheering this stuff on you know um for, for anybody that's upset, I haven't talked Star Wars uh, much this episode. I will have to throw in a, a Star Wars quote with that. You know, when the, the Empire, you know, starts to take over, they had, there's a great quote. All the, all the Senate is cheering for all these new measures you've been for. They said, well, that's how liberty dies, with thunderous applause. And, and people don't even realize it um, when it's happening. And, you know, the, the, the people that are, you've seen it over and over again in, in, in communist governments, the people that are cheering that stuff on are the first ones to, to, to go in the end. So it's... Uh, you kind of, at one point you, 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 it, it's a, it's a, it's a line between feeling bad for people, but it's also, you know, you, you get what you deserve based on the choices in your life. And if you align yourself with, um, with, with those kind of people, you're, you're going to get, you're going to get what's coming to you. And if you align yourself with, with light in the, in the truth in, in that stuff, then you'll, you, you'll have things going good, going your way, whether it's in, you know, this world, this life or, or the next or something to that effect. So, um, on that note, um, Odd man, I thank you so much for for coming on here. This has been very enlightening and helpful for me um, personally. And you know, if, if anybody listening, you know, I know um, uh, I had a lot of prior podcasts where I talked a lot about uh, you know pro Trump stuff. And, and like I mentioned, I'm kind of you know, and I'm not backtracking on that stuff. I'm just you know starting to think about things in a different way. So if anybody is is upset with you know bashing Trump or whatever, just just stop, step back and think think about this stuff a little bit. Look. Uh, do some do some searches do a little bit of digging and try to you know um come to come to your own understanding that he was he's not a perfect person nobody's a perfect person um he, he has faults there were some glaring faults there were some hidden faults maybe but j- just remember to kind of check your biases when it when it comes along with that kind of stuff whatever whatever it is whether it's politics or anything else so uh odd man where where can everybody uh find you and follow you and support your work yeah man thank you so much for having me this has been a blast uh, yeah, so it, I'm on most podcast platforms. If you go in and type the oddcast FT, the odd man out, I know that's a long one, but you should be able <laughs> to find it. But if you uh, if you can't find it, go on alternate alternatecurrentradio.com. And there's other shows on there, but my show's like fourth or fifth down. And uh, I'm on, uh, actually, right after this, I'm doing the Boiler Room on that channel. So if anybody wants to check that out, please do. And you can get a hold of me at underscore the odd man out on Twitter or Instagram. So I hope I haven't made people too mad. Um, <laughs> you know, 
but uh, I just try to tell the truth. And, and remember, right. I was extremely conservative and still am for the most part. So, right. And there's nothing wrong with, you know, changing your opinion based on, you know, new information. I don't think, you know, I, I, honestly, I've gone back and listened to some prior podcasts of mine. And I, I kind of cringe that, you know, I, I was truly thinking polarizing this certain way, but it's like, I'm not going to go back and delete it. I mean, that, I think that's a good time capsule. I think it's a good learning experience for, um, you know, I was kind of maybe trapped in this one mindset and well, how did that happen? Why did that happen? And, and how can you kind of avoid some of those pitfalls in the future? So I think it's a, I think it's a good thing to think about stuff in, in those kind of ways, even if you don't, even if you, it, it takes you a while to, to understand that. And, and yes, everybody go follow odd man on Twitter and Instagram. Seriously. Like I, I I'm not lying here. Like you have some of the best well thought out kind of, um, content you put out there and, and, uh, I think that the algorithm is bearing it. So anyways, go follow him on, on Twitter, uh, share that stuff. Uh, we need, everybody needs to see this. It's great. So, um, so for, for odd man, I'm conspiracy. Kyle, this has been conspiracy in the force and may the force be with you.